first of all, I just want you to know that uh, um, I emailed Doris that children's sermon. So, <laughs> checks coming, Doris. Well, they summed it up. They, they, they were clear. It was clear. Thank you. Um, we are entering into a new sermon series this morning, and uh, our scripture comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 8, verses 4 through uh, 15. If you would, stand in honor of the reading of God's word. Luke 8, verses 4 through 15. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. When he had said this, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that through seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But... The seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Uh, as I said this morning, we're beginning a new series called Learning to Hear God's Voice. There are some, and maybe some this morning, who simply don't believe that God can speak to them. Well, there's nothing more important to our relationship with God than knowing that God wants to talk to you and that you can actually hear Him if you just tune in. God wants to talk with you, and you can hear him if you just tune in. Now, the foundation of any relationship is communication, right? You can't have much of a relationship if you aren't communicating. The problem is that communication can be misunderstood. Take, for instance, husbands and wives. Someone once said that when a wife speaks to her husband, two things usually happen. The husband doesn't hear it, or it's misunderstood. It's also been said that there's two things that you need to understand about women. The problem is nobody knows what it is. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like, all the women just tuned in. I tuned out. I, yeah, I'm sorry. 
Now, if there's that much difficulty communicating between husbands and wives, how much more communication problems are there and can we expect with God? You see, God does speak to people. God speaks to us, and God speaks to us because God wants to have a relationship with us. He wants to have a personal relationship with us, and there's no relationship without communication. And just like we experience communication issues in our human relationships, we experience communication problems with God. Sometimes we don't hear him, and we don't know why. Now, some people think that pastors always understand exactly what God wants us to do. That's not true. Uh, I'm not going to comfort you any this morning. I am often as confused as everybody else is about what God is saying and what God is trying to say. Some of you think we have this red phone, you know, a bat phone. Uh, our kids were watching the old Batman shows during Christmas, and uh, they got that old red phone, the bat phone, that was direct line to the, to the mayor, I think. Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> I should just walk off right now because that is horrible. And some of you are like, that'd be fine with me, all right. But, but a lot of people think that pastors, we just got this red bat phone that, that we just got this direct line with God and, and, and we could just ask God, hey, what's happening? Unfortunately, that's not the case. God does not, you know, he doesn't send, he doesn't send me email. He doesn't send me tweet, tweets or Instagram messages. Sometimes I'm just in the dark as you or as many of us are. On the other hand, there are times in my life when God speaks, when I have no doubt that, one, it's God, and that God is speaking to me. Just like when Kristen calls me on the phone, I don't have to ask who it is. It's God. I, I know her voice, and I, and I know his. There are times when God speaks to me, when I know exactly who it is who's putting that idea in my head, I know where that impression is coming from. Well, what makes the difference? I think the difference is attitude. Jesus says in our passage, verse 8, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. Well, this morning, get your ears on. You've got to be tuned in to hear God speak. As a kid and still today, you know, I love to play with walkie-talkies. Anybody love to play with walkie-talkies? I love the, the movie Smokey and the Bandit because they were always on the CB radio, you know, and they were using all that code language and like truck driving, you know, 10-4, good buddy, over and out, roger, roger. I don't even know what that means, you know, I'm just throwing it out there, no. You can do, you know, you do that with walkie-talkies, but walkie-talkies have, have different channels on them, right? If you pick up a walkie-talkie and it's not real clear, you got you got a lot of static and a lot of noise. You got to keep changing the channel channel until you get to the right one, and all of a sudden it's crystal clear. Well, many times God has spoken to you, but it hasn't come through clear, crystal clear because you're not on the right channel. Jesus tells us a story in Luke 8, a parable in which he says, let me explain to you that it's all about attitude. There are four kinds of attitudes that will depend whether you get the message clearly from God or whether you don't. Obviously, if you can tune in to God, he can direct you. He can save you a lot of time 
from making the wrong mistake. He can comfort you when you need comfort. He can guide you. And so Jesus says, let me tell you a story. There's a farmer. He, he goes out to sow seed. And as he was out sowing seed, his seed scattered on, over in, in different types of soil. Back in the Middle East in the old days, they didn't plant one seed in the dirt and then cover it up with dirt. They did what was called broadcasting. Farmer would have a pouch on his side and he would take the seed and as he walked, he would just throw it. He would scatter the seed and just toss it out. Obviously, some of the seed fell on good soil, some of it didn't. You see, in the story, and by the way, this is one of the few parables where Jesus, hey, he gives us the meaning of the parable. The farmer represents God and the seed is his word, his message. The message lands on four types of soil, and Jesus says these four types of soil represent attitudes. They're not simply four kinds of people. In fact, all of us have been all four of these soils, These all four of these kinds of people. We vary from them from time to time. Sometimes we, we're very open to God, and sometimes we're very closed. In order for us to hear God speak to us, we first have to develop an open mind. I've got to, I've got to want to hear from God. I've got to be receptive. I've got to be ready and willing to hear God. If I were to ask you, have you ever heard God speak to you? There are many of you who would say, I can't think of a time in my life where I have ever actually heard God speak to me. And I'm not talking about an audible voice from God. I'm talking about but maybe like an impression in your mind that you knew that it was from God. So why is that? Why would we say no? One of the possible reasons is that we have never been open to the possibility of it. Maybe we didn't even know it was possible that God wants to speak to us directly. When we've got a closed mind, obviously God's not going to get through. This is the first type of soil. Verse 5, he says, Some seed fell on the path and it was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Later on in verse 12, he says, Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. On every farm, in every field, there is a footpath that a farmer would walk down. As he went, he would sow the seed onto the land that was tilled. And there's two characteristics of a footpath. One, they're hardened because of the constant traffic of people walking. The soil is compacted, it's not fertile, it's not tilled like the field. The other thing about the path is that it's narrow. A farmer would want to keep the path small and allow more space for farming. See, the hardened path represents a closed mind. You know anybody like that? They're closed-minded, narrow-minded, hard-hearted. They're not even open to the possibility that God wants to speak to them. And as, as a result, Jesus says the farmer sows seed, but it can't penetrate because it's hard and compacted. It can't take root. It can't sprout. It just lays on the surface of the ground and the birds come along and eat it. It never gets a chance. God wants to speak to us. 
But, but God can't even get a chance if our minds are closed and our hearts are hardened, if we've made up our mind, if we're unwilling to listen, if we've already decided what we're going to do. So what causes that? What causes a closed mind? Well, one, pride. Pride causes us to have a closed mind. When I think, I, can, I don't need God. I don't need to hear from God. I, I can make the business decision on my own. I don't need God. I, I know what to say to my children. I don't need God. I know how to handle this date. I don't need God. I can ace this test without praying. Psh, I don't need God. Anytime, and I, and I struggle with this, we fail to pray about something we're basically saying, I don't need God for this. I can handle it on my own. I can resolve it. I can solve it. I can handle this mess. I can correct this error. I can resolve this conflict. I don't need God. And what that is called is pride. When I'm full of pride, I close my mind to God, and he can't get in. He can't say anything to me because I think I've got it all figured out. So I don't pray. Second thing is causes a closed mind is fear. Sometimes we're just afraid of what God might say to us. What if I pray? What if I open up my mind and God tells me to do something I don't want to do? He might tell me to do something hard. He might tell me to do something unpopular. He might tell me to do something I think I can't do or I don't want to do, so I'm afraid. If we let God speak to us, we might become a religious fanatic. What would people think of me? So we're afraid. We're afraid, we're afraid we'll lose our freedom. We're afraid we'll lose our fun. We're afraid we'll lose our fulfillment in life. So no thanks, God. I'm just going to close my mind off to that. We're afraid. Another thing that closes our minds is bitterness. Whenever we've been hurt and we hold on to that hurtful, those hurtful memories, it causes us to close our mind to God. We start saying things like, God, why did you allow this? Why is this happening to me? If you're such a great and loving and powerful God, why did this happen? Let me just, and let, me just let you know. Some of you already very much know this. We're going to be hurt in life. You will have pain. This is not heaven. This is earth. God has given us a free choice, and so people are free to do wrong things, and the result is innocent people are going to get hurt. God's given us the freedom to choose, so people get hurt. What you do with that hurt will determine whether you become a better person or a bitter person. When we become bitter and we hold on to our hurts, it only prolongs the pain. When we, what we tend to do is we say, hey, they, they hurt me, so I'm going to close myself off. I'm going to build up a wall. I'm going to hide my, in my shell, and I'm not going to let anybody get close to me, not even God, because God let it happen. 
we start blaming God for things other people did. As a result, we close our mind. People who have been deeply hurt often have a hard time opening up their minds and their hearts to God. They've held in so much, and they hurt. If you have been deeply hurt, let me tell you two things. One, I am sorry. I am sorry you hurt. I'm deeply sorry. And I want you to know that God hurts with you. He weeps with you. He understands your hurt and the pain that you've gone through. His son was sent to the cross and died the most excruciating death known. So God knows your hurt and God hurts with you. The second thing is, never allow a relationship with another human being block your relationship with God. That just doesn't make any sense. Even if they claim to be a Christian and you've been hurt by them, give that hurt to God. When we're in pain and, and we're hurt, don't run from God, run to God. When we run from God out of our pain, we're running away from the only person who can heal our pain. We don't turn off God because somebody else did something to us. Give it to God. Don't close your heart and don't close your mind. The tragedy of the hard beaten path is that it is barren. Nothing grows there. It's unfruitful. A bitter life is a wasted life. It only prolongs the pain. Instead, look at James 1.21. It says, get rid of all the moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Let God love you. Let God love you. Drop your defenses and open up your mind. The first step in hearing God speak is that I must develop an open mind. The second thing is I must take time to listen. I got to take time to hear him. I got to slow down. I got to be quiet. I've got to plan it in my schedule. Listen, we schedule everything else in life, don't we? We schedule our vacations, our dentist appointments. I got three feelings this week. Pray for me. We schedule our, 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 our dates and our homework. We schedule everything. Do you schedule time in to listen to God? Or does God just get the leftovers? Second reason a lot of people never hear God speak is we're too much in a hurry. I mean, Americans, we are in a hurry. We're in such a rat race society that we're always in a hurry. We've got fast food, fast internet, fast old changes, fast everything. Regular mail is called snail mail because it takes so long, especially compared to a text or a tweet or an email, which goes out in a nanosecond. We're always in a hurry. And when we live a hurried lifestyle, God often gets shortchanged, shuffled to the back of the deck. He gets the leftovers of our time. Sure, we want to hear God speak, but... What we say is, God, I'm in a hurry, so, um, so do it quick. I only got a minute or two. As I'm running out the door to my next project or assignment or to the job, I'm saying, okay, God, speak to me. Do it quick. Do it right now. 
And as a result, we miss what God wants to say to us. Verse 6, some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Those on the rocky ground, later on in verse 13, are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. Just as the hardened path represents the closed mind, the shallow soul represents a superficial mind. It's shallow. When he talks about rocky soul here, he's not talking about soul with a bunch of uh, rocks on it. In much of the Middle East, in particular in Israel, much of Israel is built on a bedrock of limestone that's about three or four inches of topsoil on top of it. So that means the plants can grow down two or three inches, but that's about it. So when summer comes and the heat gets, gets on, the, the plant withers. They die because they don't have any roots. Because there's a bedrock underneath that won't allow them to develop deep roots. He's saying this represents the superficial type of hearer who hears the word of God. It sprouts up and they're all excited about it, but it doesn't last. When the heat's on, when the problems come, they wither away. Likewise, we do this. Sometimes we hear God and we get all excited about it and we're superficially moved and we react emotionally and we're moved impulsively, but we never give it time to sink in, to sink into our minds. We can experience some great things in our relationship with God. You can hear a great sermon. You can learn something new and exciting in a Bible study, and you can enjoy camp. You can be moved by a service or a concert. And those can be real experiences. They can be powerful moments in your relationship with God, yet days and weeks and months go by, and there's no real change in our behavior. We're still living the same way. We get excited, but we didn't do anything about it. As a result, we're shallow. We have no roots. Why is it that we don't change? The United States Air Force did a study and found out that we forget 90 to 95 percent of everything we hear within 72 hours. I want to talk about a stat that'll depress a pastor? That is it. I mean, we labor to produce these masterpieces of sermons and realizing that by Wednesday, you're only going to remember about 5%. You're probably going to remember this, 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 this right here. That's it. 5%. That's why we have it online. You can go to our website and check it out. Our passage says that the second kind of person, verse 13, they receive the word of joy when they hear it, but they have no root. In other words, they don't retain it. He's saying that we can be thrilled without being transformed. It means we need to write down what we learn and experience, and maybe in a journal, a sermon, of, uh, a binder of sermon notes, because we can forget them. And, and when we're in a Bible study, we take notes, then we go back and we review them and we look over them and Most of us have to keep relearning because we're not retaining. We've got to take time to let it sink in. We need to schedule time every day where we sit down with our Bibles and read and think about our life and 
maybe review some of the lessons that we've learned, write things down. So we must develop an open mind and we must make time to listen. We also must remove the distractions. A lot of times we miss hearing God's, God because our minds are crowded with other thoughts. Our minds are, are, are filled with the concerns of daily living, our worries, our plans, our goals, our ambitions, our bills, all the different things of life. When our mind is full and always thinking and we never give God a chance in silence to talk to us, he can't get through. You ever called anybody and got a busy signal? We don't get those much anymore. Nowadays with call waiting and voicemail. But maybe every now and then we call and we get a busy signal. Well, maybe, well, many times God wants to talk to us and all he's getting is a busy signal. Many times God has wanted to talk to us, but the line was off the hook. Again, we've got to make time for God, but when we're too busy and there are many things that are good, but they can distract you, we're too busy to listen to God. Verse 7, he says, Other seed fell among the thorns which grew up with it and choked the plants. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries and pleasures. The soul with weeds, this third kind of soul that the farmer is throwing seed on, it represents a preoccupied mind. We're distracted. The seed sprouts and grows, but it's choked by the weeds before it can bear fruit. There's a lot of us who are on the go a lot. Can I get an amen? On the go a lot. Some of us aren't here this morning because we're too busy. But when we're on the go all the time, usually we're just going in circles. There's no focus. There's no rhyme or reason or purpose. Some of us haven't discovered why God put us here. Why? Because we're not talking to him. We're not letting him talk to us because we've got to eliminate the distractions. Jesus says that the distractions are kind of like weeds. He gives us three examples. First, worries. Worry can distract us from hearing God speak. Worries are, are the problems, the pressures of daily life. The Greek word is the word that means to be pulled in different directions. You ever feel like that? Being pulled in different directions? That's the Bible's definition of worry, being pulled in different directions. When we're worrying, we can't hear what God has to say to us. We're preoccupied. We're distracted. Riches can be a weed in our life. We can be so busy making money, we don't have time for God. So busy making a living, we're not really living. We don't really enjoy life. We just get up in the morning, we go to work, we work hard to pay the bills and to catch up, to get even, to keep up with the Joneses and flop into bed at night and just do it all over again. That's why our country's in the mess it is. Everybody's trying to keep up with the Joneses, whoever they are. Spending money they don't have, paying off one credit, credit card with another credit card. When we live our lives in pursuit of riches, God often gets crowded out. He gets the leftovers. Another weed can be pleasures. 
There's nothing wrong with pleasures. Who do you think created them? God. God thought up all the fun in the world. Did you know that? He did. God gave you the senses and the abilities you have in order to enjoy pleasure. But God wants us to enjoy pleasure. He wants you to enjoy them in the way that he intended, though. And we can be so busy having fun that we forget God. When recreation replaces worship, when we say, it's summertime, I don't think I'm going to go to church this weekend. It's a holiday, I'll cut out that Bible study. Who are we having vacation from? God? We can't be so busy having fun, and, and God wants us to have fun, but when it becomes number one in our life, guess who gets crowded out? There's a lot of different kind of weeds. You can pick more than just those three. It could be a relationship. It could be a responsibility. It could be anything. A weed is anything that distracts us from God. Do you know how much effort it takes to grow weeds? No effort at all. The difference between a plant and a weed is that a flower is something you cultivate, you fertilize, you trim, you water it. It doesn't grow. A weed, you do nothing to it, it grows. That's the difference. You don't have to water reed, weeds, they grow. Weeds are a sign of neglect. When I start neglecting time with God on a daily basis, when I start neglecting a small group Sunday school class, when I start neglecting getting together with Christians in worship, going to a Bible study, any of those things, the weeds are going to start growing. I'm going to lose my joy, I'm going to lose my peace, I'm going to lose my purpose, I'm going to lose my sense of calmness, my ability to handle stress. Keep on. The weeds will choke the life out of us. So in order to prevent that from happening, I must cooperate with what God says. Here's the thing. God talks to people who decide in advance that they are going to do whatever he tells them to do when he tells them. I want you to hear that again. God talks to people who decide in advance that they are going to do whatever he tells them to do when he tells them. Most of us, including myself, want God to talk to us, and then, then we'll decide if we're going to do it. And God says, no, 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 I don't play that game. God talks to people who are going to do what he tells them to do once he tells them. I know of a church who had a choir special that it was called Yes, Lord, Yes. That was basically the whole song. Yes, Lord, Yes. Yes, Lord, Yes. When they finished it, the choir director turned around and said, okay, God, you've already heard our attitude. Now tell us what to do. That's what God wants us to do. If we want God to speak to us, we need to say, okay, okay, God, I'm going to do what you tell me to do, whether I understand it or not, whether it makes sense to me or not, whether I think I can do it or not, because I know it's the right thing to do. And I know that you know what makes me happy more than I know what makes me happy. It's a matter of trust. That fourth soul represents a willing heart. 
willing to do whatever God wants us to do before he even tells us. Verse 15, but the seed on the good soul stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. They not only hear God's word, but they retain it. They write it down, they listen to it, they think about it, they go over it. It results in a productive life. Would you like for your life to count? Would you like to have a productive, fulfilling, satisfying life? Then do what James 1.22 says. Don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Here's my question for you this morning and for myself. What are we going to do as a result of today's word? The Bible says, be doers of the word, not hearers only. Do something. Because here's the thing, that moment you walk out that door, there's going to be a little bird. He's going to try to steal the seed off of what we talked about today. That little bird's the devil. He's going to get you distracted. You're going to walk out that door, you're going to think about, where are we going for lunch today? Oh, tomorrow, got to go to work tomorrow. What about that test we got this? Oh, we got school's getting back going. We got the, what's going on? Homework starts next week. Any and any other number of distractions as soon as you walk out that door. If you want to make this count, if you want your life to be transformed by the word of God, then do something as a result of the word you've heard today. It may be join one of the great Bible studies we've got going on at the beginning of this year. It may be to start memorizing a, a verse of Scripture a week. Maybe you want to read through the Bible this year or start having quiet time every day, 5, 10, 15 minutes. It, it may be to just quit ignoring what God has been telling you what to do. Some of you, God's been telling you what to do, but you've been ignoring it. Stop it! It may be to open up your mind to God's voice in your life, to make time for him, to remove the distractions in your life. Whatever it is, do something. God is speaking to us. Will we make time to listen? Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, you've told us what to do. You have said that you want to speak to us. Help us to have open minds, not closed minds. Help us to not be shallow-minded, but to really review, to think about, to study, to go over the things that, that we've learned and that you've taught us through many different ways. Forgive us for having to learn the same lesson over and over and over again. Help us not to be distracted from spending time in your word and spending time listening to you and talking to you in prayer. Help us to have an open mind and a willing heart to do what you want us to do. In the name of Jesus we pray.
Amen.